Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady and JC. Hey, everyone. Hot off the uh, hot off the heels of looking up Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, all the way down to Lake Mary, Florida. It's my pleasure to be back here. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, living the dream over here. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, what we, what I do want to talk about here as a, as a unique benefit and even when I was doing some research, getting prepared for this podcast, I, I would kind of went down a rabbit hole like I usually do because I'm like, wow, you would think that um, a, a common benefit is uh, just having direct deposit, right? Yeah. Like, well, who doesn't have direct deposits? Well, guess what? Oh, many Americans. A lot of people don't do, even have a bank account. Many Americans don't even have a bank account. Uh, there's an article in... Uh, it, called make it cnbc make it and it was uh, at the end of 2020 7.1 million american households didn't have a bank account 7.1 million american households didn't have a bank account why do you think that is all right i've, I've got this pulled up as well uh, and that was written by megan leonard this is from cnbc make it right there overall fdic estimates that 124.2 million american households had at least one member with a bank account but the survey 2019 survey was conducted in conjunction with the u.s census bureau and collective responses from nearly 33,000 households 5.4% of U.S. households or approximately 7.1 million homes were unbanked, according to the FDIC. That's the lowest rate reported since the FDIC started surveying Americans in 2009. That's shocking. That's a shocking here's, statistic. Here's even a, here's an even more shocking statistic in that same article. Among those 7.1 million that didn't have a bank account, more than half, 56.2%, didn't want one. They weren't interested in obtaining a checking or savings account at all. The reason is the fees. Yeah. You, many, most banks require you to have a minimum balance in order to have an active bank account. Well, that minimum balance may be the difference between having groceries that week or not. And so they just say, no, I'm not going to have a pay. I'm not going to have a bank. So what does that mean? That means employers need to get creative and look up, well, how am I going to pay them? Because direct deposit's the easiest and the cheapest. So one thing to remember, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> the Fair Labor Standards Act, 1938 statute dictates how workers in the U.S. receive wages. And currently workers must be paid in American currency, which is rooted in the statute's origins, according to many people that have researched this across the country. So legally, legally, one that the reason I'm putting this build up here in place, the payment of wages in cryptocurrency is not officially recognized at this time. A lot of people have said, just pay me in Ethereum, pay me in Bitcoin. I'm going to revolutionize the way it's going to be. There's still laws and acts in place that you do have to be mindful of. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of laws, there are laws across the United States about um, if you can or cannot 
have a mandatory direct uh, direct deposit requirement in your organization. And more states than not say, no, you cannot do that. Uh, I'm looking at a list here from paycor.com and uh, almost every single state, I'm seeing a couple yeses, you're, you can allow that, but most states are saying, no, you cannot mandate that em your employees must have direct deposit because again, 7.1 million Americans do not have a bank account, which means you as the employer then need to get creative. And we know that's going to cost money. And we also know that it, it costs time. Direct deposit happens, you know, in theory, you know, instantaneously, but it's, it's usually overnight where printing a, a check or giving a cash card uh, is something that's going to take a little bit more time and money, right? I'm just trying to wrap my head around getting paid in, in Best Buy gift cards right now. <laughs> no, what I meant by, <laughs> by the gift cards is, is the, is the, is the, you know, here's a visa card. Right. Um, and, or whatever it might be. And you can use this anywhere and we're going to keep renewing this or reloading this card. So that is now your paycheck. Here's your card. And on Friday, your paycheck will be on there. But you, as the employer, Creative. real, you need to be, you need to be providing that card. And then you need to be providing access to their online account. And you need to be providing what happens if I lose it? How do I turn it off? And Can who's taking care of the fees? It? Who takes care of the right. fees to have that card in place? Right. All of those things. And you need to know what your state laws are in the states that your employees live in, not just where the employer is doing business from. Now, there are some payroll companies out there, payroll service providers that can convert wages into cryptocurrency, but you still have to take a deeper look into that. A lot of this is emerging right now and some of the crypto markets on the record recording date of this podcast are currently down 71% from where they were just even a short six months ago. So uh, I keep bringing up the crypto thing because it's a huge Huge uh, point of contention for a lot of people out there. They they want to go deeper into that crypto world. I'm just saying use caution. That's all I'm saying in that regard. Yeah, so, it's funny that you bring that up. I actually just saw my um, my first crypto ATM this week. Was it, it real? It was a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's in a is in um uh um a drinking establishment around the corner here um from my house and i i walked in there and i was going by the bathroom and i was like oh my god there's a crypto atm i, I don't know anything about crypto yeah. um so you know i was i was just kind of like giggling about it but i was like i don't really know what to do with this but now i, I want to go look it up to see okay i want to go use this atm what do i do what do i do <laughs> i know wild hey uh with the with the paychecks bank access atms you mentioned atms uh but traditional atms having those on site at your facility, cash cards, you, you talked about those, but the, the ATM thing. Now, from the employer perspective, should you have an ATM on site at your facility? Should that be a, a key focal point? Would that be a benefit for you? I guess it depends on the industry that you're in as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I, exactly what I was going to say. It does depend on the industry. Like if you're in an industry that, you know, maybe you have a lunchroom, um, and you know, we already established that many of our employees don't have a bank. They may not have a credit card either. So, you know, many things are cashless these days, but if you have a lunchroom and your employees go in there to buy lunch and they don't have a credit card, they don't have a debit card, 
and they want to pay cash. Um, and by the way, that cash is they're getting it from the cash card that the payroll card is what it's really called that you're giving them when they get their check on Thursday or Friday. Well, can they go over to the ATM in your lunchroom or wherever it is and take money right from it to buy their, their lunch um, in cash? Or can they just go into the ATM and say, OK, now I have enough money to go pay my rent. I'm going to go pay my landlord in in cash. So there's all these things It's going to be different for every every industry. Some industries, this is going to be a non, you know, not a conversation at all. But what is going to be in conversation is what you just brought up is the different types of payments such as crypto, some industries and um, maybe executives or, or salaried people, whatever it might be, might say, I want to get paid in this way. And you have to look at the laws at every single one of your states. And again, not just where your your company is, but where your employees are located. Yeah, big time. And take a look at the FDIC's website with some of the bank statistics that you had brought forward earlier in 2019, 8.5% of U.S. households used general purpose reloadable prepaid cards. That was down from 9.7% in 2017 and 10.2% in 2015. Although prepaid card use is continued to be more prevalent among unbanked households than among banked households. It's something to keep in mind, especially when that payday comes along and direct deposits is just not an option. Yeah, and it's also, you know, you, you want to be aware of your uh, your worker demographic, you know, uh, lower income households, less educated households, um, black, Hispanic, American Indian, Alaskan Native, uh, disabled households were, are less likely to use a, a bank credit card um, or a bank ATM card. And so you do need to really get with your HR department and get, you know, this is where it's important to start tracking this information of of your the demographics of your employees because sure if you have a small company of 25 employees you can physically you know view people and and guess at what their demographics are but let's really get the actual information and then ask your employees you know what do you want with that said Let's end this session here and go on to our next episode, our final episode, where we are going to talk about what other benefits do people want and a few more statistics and survey results. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.